Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. I hope you dance. Part three. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 1 says it this way. And one final word, friends. We ask you, urge you is more like it, that you keep on doing what we told you to do to please God. Not in a dogged, say dogged, religious plod, say it, but in a living, spirited dance. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? Isn't that a beautiful word? Now, I've got some pictures I want to show you here, just kind of get you in a good mood to hear the word tonight. Throw me some pictures up there, Josh. When people suck the life out of you, wouldn't it be nice if they took some fat too? There's that chicken McNugget. That cat saying, oh, my God, this is saying, oh, a wild McNugget. I love that. That little bird's history. And here's the grumpy cat. Some people just need a hug around the neck with a rope. It's old grumpy cat. There it is again. There are two kinds of people in this world, and I don't like them. <laughs> dance like no one gives a hoot. Leave that up for a minute. Say it with me. Dance like no one gives a hoot. Throw the next one up there. If you really want to be happy, nobody can stop you. Wow. That good stuff? I want to give a shout out to Joyce Deal. She loves me. Her and Harold love me, and I passed them a long time. She sent me those. She said, Pastor, here's some stuff for I Hope You Dance, part three. Thank you, Joycey. I love that. Leave that little penguin up there until we get moving on down the road, okay? Move it on up there. Leave it on up there. That's beautiful. Wow. Nobody can stop you. All right. Everybody say in the name of the Lord. We're going to hear the word. You may be seated. God's intention, folks, for us is not to drag through life or bump along in life, but to approach life and our service to God like a living, spirited dance. Here's a quick review we talked about last week. You got to sell out and you got to buy in. You remember that? That's probably the greatest point I made last week. If you live for God easy, it's hard. But if you live for God hard, it's easy. Then you got to make some noise. The psalmist said at least nine times, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Then the third thing we talked about last week, you've got to take lesson. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. There was a king in the Old Testament said, I've got 2,000 horses if you can provide the riders. Somebody said, well, how are you going to learn to ride without a horse? Well, there's places to practice. But you've got to learn to ride if you're ever going to have a horse in your life. And so you've got to be ready to take the lesson. And when you're ready to take the lesson, the teacher just appears. And the fourth one we talked about last week was turn, tune into the music. You've got to tune into it. Psalms 119 and 70 said, I love this, the godless spread lies about me. David said, but I focus my attention on what you are saying, God. They're bland as a bucket of lard. 
But while I dance to the tune of your revelation, it really doesn't matter. So tonight, I have a couple more thoughts to give you on this subject. The fifth thought that I want to share with you about I hope you dance is you've got to, if you're going to dance, you've got to leave your chair. You've got to get up. You've got to get up. It's quite common at church. Now, we're talking metaphorically about a spirited way of living for God. Amen. I'm not trying to get all of you on the dance floor. I'm not trying to do that. But we're talking about in a metaphorical terminology of how to get involved and be a kind of saint that you want to be for God. It's quite common at church for saints to attend the services and never get out on the dance floor. Getting on the dance floor means joining in to what's going on. If you're going to come to church, hear me now, you need to become a participant rather than an observer. You don't need to watch what's going on. You need to be involved with what's going on. Amen. Some people shy away from becoming a member of a church for that particular reason. But we encourage it because we see belonging to and being actively involved in a church as central to God's plan for our lives. There's something to be said about joining the ranks of the church of the living God. I promise you. Just like I preach marriage is a wonderful thing. If you join the church of the living God, it'll change your whole thought process about what's going on in your world. You don't need to come and just stand on the observation deck and sit in a chair and say, wow, I wish I could do that. You can do that. You've got to get up out of your chair. You've got to get on the floor. And you've got to absolutely become a part of what's going on at Christian Life Church. See, we see stepping into membership as the relational equivalent to leaving your chair at a dance. You've got to get up. You've got to step on the floor. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 in the Living Bible, the B version, the, the B part of the last part of the Scripture says, you're members of God's very own family. You're citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Everybody say, I belong here. I belong here. Some of you have joined all kinds of, of, of clubs, fraternities, sororities. You've joined all kinds of things. But what you need to do is hook up with Jesus Christ and connect with his church and see what God will do for you. At CLC, leaving your chair means to join the church. Leaving your chair means becoming a part of the CLC program and the CLC family. Leaving your chair means to join a volunteer team. Leaving your chair means to attend all services that you possibly can, even when the parking lot's underwater. Thank you for being here tonight. Why don't you give your neighbor a hand and say, I'm glad you're here tonight. I'm here tonight. We're going to have a good time. We have teams to assist you. We have classes designed to help you to go from the observation deck to the dance floor. And it's rewarding, folks, to leave your chair. When you leave your chair and become a part of what God is doing here, your life is enriched by your involvement in the kingdom of God. You feel good about yourself when you make a contribution or when you help out in church. You feel more connected to other members. Your life takes on a higher sense of purpose, and God blesses your life. Sunday, we had rain here. We had a lot of rain here. I've already told you about that. And there's a precious couple that I love very, very much, and I will not call them by name for fear of embarrassing them, but they walked up, they walked up to Joyce Deal on Sunday, and, and there was no one to greet on Sunday because the greeters had, had kind of all been reined in or reined out or whatever, and so we didn't have anybody in the first service to greet. 
And they said, we'd like to greet. And Joyce said, would you like to be a backup greeter? And they said, yes. She said, okay, right here. Take it right now. <laughs> and I, I stood and watched those two precious people because really all it takes, all it takes to greet people is to greet people. All it takes is to put a smile on your face. All it takes is saying, wow, we're glad to have you. But if it's a pretty woman or if it's a, you're a woman and you're greeting a man, he's a real handsome man, don't say, wow, too great. Just say, wow. You know, it's good to have you. We don't want people to think, wow. You know what I'm saying? But I saw these people on a bad day physically, 13 inches of rain. They volunteered to help, and they stood there for 35, 40 minutes saying, we're glad to have you, passing out pamphlets, passing out uh, all kinds of things, passing out bulletins, just doing a great, great job for the kingdom of God. Everybody can find a place if you'll just leave your chair. Amen. Come on, let's make this place a vibrant place. Come on. Let's make this place a vibrant place. Amen. And the sixth thing is you've got to let it go. Everybody say, let it go. Let it go. People often become the targets of our negative emotions. See, we unconsciously carry those negative emotions around in our life, like an ex-wife or an ex-husband, a co-worker, a parent who lets us down, an inconsiderate friend, a person at church even, maybe even a pastor in your past. And many times those negative emotions weight us down. But if you want to keep dancing, there's some things you have to shake off. Let it go. You can't dance with all that weight on your soul. You've got to release that. I'm saying it as simple as I know how. I wish I could say it real profound. But you've got to take off the weights. Paul said, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset you and run this race with patience. That's set before you. You cannot let negative emotions weight you down. You've got to let it go. Or as one pastor said it so affectionately, you've got to get over it. There's some things not worth worrying about. There's some things not worth worrying over. And if things have happened in your past, put it in your past. God has forgiven. God has washed. God has cleansed. And you've got a present and you've got a great future. Don't be tied to a yesterday so that you can't let it go. Let that go in the name of Jesus Christ. Let it go in the name of Jesus Christ and move forward and see what God will do in your life. Amen. I, I know a family uh, whose daughter was married recently. You see, another kind of of, of disappointment is the weight of uh, another kind of weight is a weight of disappointment. Not only do we carry feelings, but we many times get disappointed. You folks have been disappointed. I've been disappointed. People disappoint me. People, you know, I, 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 I've got this issue. I've got this problem. I love people a whole lot. And sometimes I think I love people too much. But it, it, it's okay. It's okay. Because God always takes care. And it's very difficult sometimes when when you, when you love people so much and you understand that you, you're here for them and you've been here a long, long time and, and then people just all of a sudden they've gone, they disappear, they just fade out and they're like fog and they're gone. And sometimes we get disappointed. But I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who disappoints you. It doesn't matter what negative vibe you feel about yesterday. You've got to let those things go. You cannot live in negativism and you cannot live in disappointed living. 
You have got to get up every morning and know you're still appointed even though you've been disappointed by somebody. You're still appointed. You're still blessed. You're still touched by God. And God's got greater for you than he has ever taken from you because God will never take something from you that he won't give you something better on the other side. Amen? He'll never shut a window that he won't open a door. He'll never get you off a dirt road that he won't give you a paved road. God always does you better. And sometimes we get so disappointed in life. I know a family whose daughter was married recently, and the family is a close-knit family, so the wedding was attended by just about everyone in the family. Aunts, uncles, cousins. But some people noticed that the paternal grandparents were unable to attend. They were not going to be able to come. The doctor told the grandmother on the, on the dad's side that she could not travel due to a heart condition. And it was no small matter for them for they had purchased tickets and they had bought a new suit and a new dress for the occasion. They held out hope till the very last minute, but unfortunately they weren't able to go to that wedding in another state. So the next best thing the family could think of was to webcast the wedding to their living room home where they lived. It was a week or so after the wedding that the son who, whose daughter got married came to see the father, came to see uh, his father and his mother. And he was visiting his parents, and the family friend slipped up and said, the son, the father, told the son, father, privately that, that what had happened the night of the wedding. She said, on the afternoon of the wedding, your dad, talking to the father of the bride, said, your dad, your dad uh, called me and said he told me he wanted me to go by and pick up some flowers for himself, a corsage, and a corsage, and a, and a, boot, a boutonniere for him, and a corsage for his wife, and order some food brought to the house. And she said, I did that, and I came to deliver it to the home along with a technician who was handling the webcast. And then she told, she told this son how moments before the wedding was to begin, the grandparents came out of the bedroom in their home six states away from where the wedding was. They came out of the bedroom. The granddad was dressed up in a suit he had bought for the wedding, and he carefully pinned the corsage on his wife. He pulled chairs up next to her in front of the TV screen and made the absolute most of the extremely disappointing but unchangeable circumstance. They went to the wedding. They had their own feast after the wedding, and they would not allow disappointment to discourage them. It was a statement, folks, of his will, a determination to not let disappointment take over the headlines of the day. He willed himself out of the corner of disappointment onto the dance floor and said, I'm still going to dance. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Things happen all the time, but they don't have to keep you hindered from being what God wants you to be. Come on out of the corner. One writer said it this way. Anyone who says sunshine brings happiness has never danced in the rain. You can dance in the rain. It's important to understand. You may have had your share of disappointments, but you can still dance. Say amen to that. One of the landmark spots of New York City is called the Rainbow Room. It's at the top of the GE building at Rockefeller Center. And it's famous for two things. A panoramic view of the city from its 64th floor and a place where you and you and me can dance the night away. It's called the Rainbow Room. And the Rainbow Room is another name for the kingdom of God. It really is. Because we have understood that God put a rainbow in our clouds. 
a place where you can dance the night away, the night of despair, the night of disease, the night of depression, the night of doubt, and the night of death. One writer said, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. What I want to tell everybody here right now is this, that God does not want you to live in disappointment. He does not want you to live in negativism. He does not want you to walk around thinking that the world is going to hell in a handbasket and you're in that handbasket. He does not want you to walk around thinking that everything's going up in smoke. He wants you to understand that even in this life, in this world right now, much more the other life, but in this life right now, there's a place for you on the floor. You can dance through life. You can walk through life in a spirited dance. Say amen to that. I was at a funeral one time at a Catholic church here in this town, way up north in Round Rock, and I, I just pulled out a hymnal, a Catholic hymnal, and I found this, I found this hymn, this Catholic hymn at a funeral, and it's an old shaker tune called Simple Gifts and then given new lyrics by a man named Sidney Carter, and he renamed it the Lord of the Dance. And I, I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to this. This is the Lord talking. I danced in the morning when the world was begun. And I danced in the moon and the stars and the sun. And I came down from heaven and I danced on the earth. At Bethlehem I had my birth. I danced for the scribe and the Pharisee, but they would not dance and they wouldn't follow me. I danced for the fishermen, for James and John. They came with me and the dance went on. Woo! I danced on the Sabbath and I cured the lame. The holy people said it was a shame. They whipped me, they stripped me, and hung me up high. And they left me there on a cross to die. They cut me down and I leaped up high. I am the life that'll never, never die. I live for you if you'll live in me. I'll live in you if you'll live in me. I am the Lord of the dance, said he. And here's the refrain. Dance then wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he. And I'll lead you all wherever you may be. And I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. Oh, oh. Now let me just paraphrase that. Let me just paraphrase that. He danced in the morning with the stars, but he came to earth. They crucified him. They put him in the ground. He rose again. The Pharisees wouldn't follow him, but James and John did. And will you follow him? If you're going to follow him, you got to follow him in a dance. you got to go ahead and dance. It's not time for us to be downhearted. Not time for us to be disappointed. Not time for us to be negative. We've got to follow the Lord of the dance in our lives. It's imperative that we follow him. It's imperative that we follow him. E. e. Cummins said, I would rather learn from one bird how to sing than to teach 10,000 stars how to not dance. Birds sing. Everybody say, that's their nature. Stars dance. Say, that's their nature. Stars are compared to angels in Scripture, Job 38 and 7, Revelation 9, 1 and 2. So with a stone as a pillow one day, Jacob, in Genesis, stared at the stars of the night skies. And as sleep overtook him, the stars faded to angels. And he saw them somersaulting and marching and line dancing from the heavenlies. And the old saying goes, dancing is earth's only chance to glimpse the angelic host. Elisha prayed and the young man's eyes were opened. Dancing on the hills about them were angelic hosts. Chariots of fire encircle them. Dance on those hills, angels. Dance on. Heaven loves dancing. 
And before God's throne are six-winged seraphims who encircle him constantly. I do not want to sound sacrilegious, but God loves dancing, and he loves his children to dance. It is springtime, and the bride of the son of David goes outdoors. She's homesick for the countryside, and the young women call out to her, come back, come back. And she looks at her girlfriends, and she says, why should you seek a mere Shulamite, a country girl? Then she hears Solomon the king speak, because you dance so beautifully. So I say, David, dance. Dance, David, dance. You're a man after God's own heart. You taught us to praise in the Psalms. Dance with all your might, David, because God loves dancing. Pride shouts, every savage can dance. Worldly wisdom whispers, no sane man will dance. Monet said, those who dance are thought to be insane by those who can't hear the music. My question is tonight, can you still hear the music? That's what I want to ask you. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the world calls you. I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance. I'm not going to go through life down. I'm not going to go through life defeated. I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance because God wants us to dance. Amen. And I'm not trying to get you to run and jump and holler tonight. It's not what it's about. I'm metaphorically speaking. I want you to enjoy life. Get up in the morning with a zest and dance and dance and dance. My question is, can you hear the music? If you hear a different drummer, dreamer, take a chance. The poem says the road you choose to travel means the difference in the dance. Spirit-filled people are in danger of losing the dance. They really are. Many times in our avoidance of being extreme with joy, and extreme with gladness, we lose the spontaneity and the exuberance that's always typified spirit-filled life. And so many times, well, I don't want to overdo it, Pastor. I don't want to go too far. I don't want to get out there on a limb and somebody saw it off under me. I don't want to get out there and happy, 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 happy. Let me tell you something. If you have the joy of the Lord in your life, you are the most privileged person walking in this earth right now. It doesn't matter if you can't sing a lick, if you can't preach, if you can't teach a Sunday school class, if all you can do is attend and clap your hands and get on your feet and say glory to God. But if you have the joy of the Lord in your heart, you are a blessed individual tonight. Would somebody say amen to that? You are a blessed child of God. I love when I heard Mandisa on American Idol say, take these shackles off my feet so I can dance I just want to praise him Mark Twain said it this way words like work like you don't need money love like you've never been hurt and dance like no one but God is watching you know the church was born on the day of Pentecost some of y'all need to hear this it's sometimes, because it was born on the day of Pentecost, been called a church of ecstasy. It comes from the root word stasis, meaning static. It means, that word means stationary or standing still. But it's preceded by the word ek, ek, which means out of. God did not bring the church into being to just stand still. We are out of stationary or standing still. God wants us to dance 
through our trials. He wants us to dance through our problems. He wants us to dance through our pain. He wants us to dance through our hurting. He wants us to dance through everything that happens in our life. He wants us to have this hope, this hope that maketh not ashamed. He wants us to have this joy that's unspeakable. He wants us to have a praise that's undying. He wants us to have a joy and a springing up in our soul that hell cannot stifle and hell can't put out. Abraham dug a lot of wells and the enemy covered them up. And Isaac had to come and redig them. I'm here to tell you, if you have lost your joy, get your shovel out and start digging and say, spring up, oh well, spring up. Because God wants you to have joy unspeakable in your life. That's why I'm preaching these messages. Not to get you to move your feet and be happy feet like the penguins last week. I'm trying to get your mind and your heart and your soul happy. Because God is a great, 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 great God. And he wants you to live life that way. Amen. Amen. Dancing. The right attitude will see you through many trials. I'm not far from finishing. Margaret Fishback wrote a Christian prose work called Footprints. You've heard this. She described walking with God in a dream, and when one set of footprints disappears, immediately she fears the worst, that God had left her during the darkest moment of her life. Only then did she realize that God had carried her during that time. Amen. Another version of that story appeared, and a man had a dream And two sets of footprints were bisected by marks in the sand. And deep grooves and ruts had all but eradicated both his and God's footprints. And he asked God if this represented a fight in his spiritual life. And the Lord said, don't you remember? That's when we danced. Some people fight their way through trials. Other people dance their way through trials. I've seen people come to church and say, Pastor... What, what, what does that person have over there that this and the here don't have? One thing. They understand the value of living life in a spirited dance. They understand that every one of us that's born of woman is but a few days and full of trouble. They understand that. But they also understand that there's two ways to look at it. You can fight, you can fight, you can fight, or you can say, I'm going to rejoice my way through this. I'm just going to go on through this rejoicing. And I'm going to live for God on the other side. The elder brother of the prodigal grew resentful of the music and the dance. I talked about it the very first week. Self-righteousness is the dark night of a soul. One of the best ways to get through the night is to join the celebration. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Everybody say, dance the night of self-righteousness away. Everybody say, dance the night of self-righteousness away. Get the gavel out of your hand. Get the robe off of you. Quit thinking you're better than everybody else. Quit thinking that nobody deserves what you deserve. Quit thinking that everybody else is underachieving and you're overachieving. Come on, we're all children of God. Why don't you just walk through life? Why don't you accept what God's doing? Why don't you believe that God can save anybody? Believe that God can deliver anybody? Oh, somebody help me preach right now. Why don't you believe that God is able to do exceeding? You need to dance through that night. You really do. Elisha waited on ministry, on his ministry by plowing. He was plowing in a field. He was plowing in Abel Mahola. That's the name of the field he was plowing in. It's known as the field of dancing. And when Elijah touched him with the mantle, when Elijah touched him with the mantle, he didn't touch a downhearted, 
dragging his back feet behind him. He wasn't touching somebody that was just about to quit. He was touching somebody that was behind 12 yoke of oxen dancing in the field of Abel Mahola. Here's what I want to tell you. Turn the waiting room into a dancing floor can make the night pass by. Dance the night of long suffering away. Come on, let's say it. Dance the night of long suffering away. Pastor, I've been hurting, I've been suffering, but I'm waiting on my change. I feel a mantle about to drop on my shoulders. And I'm going to dance through the night. I'm going to rejoice in this. I'm going to praise God in this. Because God found Elisha, God can find me. But you got to get the right attitude. Because God don't come where your sympathy is. God comes where your faith is. Amen. Mary and Moses' sister, her brother, had written a new song that everybody was talking about. Perhaps the green-eyed monster of envy had threatened to settle upon her, but she picked up a tambourine with an attitude. And others may write the song, she said, but I can dance to them. So she danced the night of jealousy away. Sometimes you've got to dance the night of jealousy away. It does not matter that somebody maybe do something better than you or somebody's up here singing or somebody's got some accolades in church. It doesn't matter. It's time to get the right attitude in everything we do. We're going to dance the night of jealousy away. Pick up your tambourine. I'm not meaning that personally, but I'm not meaning that really. But pick you up a song, get you a dance, and start praising God. Somebody else wrote the song. We're going to sing the song. We may not be John Newton, but we're going to sing Amazing Grace around here. We may not be the songwriter, but we're going to sing the praises of God because God wants us to dance our nights away. Amen? Clap your hands and rejoice to that right now. David danced with all of his might before the Ark of the Covenant. A certain someone didn't care for it. She criticized him and all that would listen. But David danced the night of criticism away. You've got to dance the self-righteousness out of your life. You've got to dance long-suffering out of your life. You've got to dance jealousy out of your life. You've got to dance criticism out of your life. And that's about all I can think of. But here's what I want to tell you. No matter what spirit hell tries to put on you, don't let it make you a dogged, plodding soul. Keep dancing. Keep dancing. man who came to our church several years ago next door had no arms, so he didn't have hands. He walked in, and I noticed he didn't have arms. Many of you folks that was in the old building next door remember that. A stout pastor, not knowing this, asked him to raise his hand. He said, where are you, brother? Would you raise your hand? And he said, I would if I could. It was so funny. And the staff pastor said, well, raise something. He said, I'll raise my leg. And he raised his leg about this high. After church, we found out he could play the piano with his toes. He could eat, he could drink, he could comb his hair. And I watched him worship that night, and all he did was jump up and down because he couldn't do this with his hands, so he just jumped like this. No arms. But he refused to allow those arms to hold him back from living life in a spirited dance. I guess it's easier to worship with your feet when you have no arms and hands. Listen to your pastor. It will not be your hands that get you through the night. You've got to use your feet for that because sometimes you're just going to have to dance. you just got to dance. you just got to have a, a glorious dance. The Lord of the dance is in this house. Dance the shadows away. Our beings are designed to dance night into day, sadness to gladness, doubt into faith. 
You know, superstring physicists now define matter as dancing filaments of energy. Even the turning dance of planet Earth spends the night to the surprise and the sunrise of hope of another day. The whole creation, Paul said, is on tiptoe. Why then are so many people's spiritual lives stuck on ground floors or locked in basements afraid of elevators that lift life to the rainbow room of height where you can observe and where you can dance? Why do so many of us not feel right? We know something's wrong. We don't feel comfortable in our skin. The tingle of tip-top, tip-toe living is at best a far-off memory. One professor said it this way, it ought to be a commonplace that the foundation of a good life is a good habit. And habits of the holy enable our hands and our fingers and our feet to remember. And I'm going to leave one last point with you, one last verbiage that I want you to never forget. The memory of the body is in the same ways more important, in some ways more important than the memory of the mind. Sometimes you just got to forget what you forget. And you got to remember what you remember. It does not matter what comes through here. What matters is how you're going to react to it. What matters is the memory of the body. And no matter what you face tomorrow, you don't let it throw you back and become a plotter again. You keep dancing. You just watch God fix your life. You watch God bless your life. You watch God touch your life. Don't let anything tomorrow, don't let anything the next day, don't let anything the next day stop you from what God has given you on this Wednesday night. You're going to dance through your night. You're going to dance through your day. You're going to continue to dance. Your mind may forget, but your body is going to remember. Amen. It's important that you remember, you remember that this is what I do. The Hasidic Jew that danced in the death camp, the little boy that danced in the death camp. There was a young lady that was lost in the frozen tundra of Alaska, the wilderness one day. And she realized that night was coming on and she had lost her way. She was by herself. She was out of propane. She was out of fuel. She could not warm herself. And so she decided to do something. Everything was going under. She knew she probably wouldn't live till morning. But she decided to start dancing. Just start dancing. So she started singing the songs of the 60s, and she danced to the song of the 60s. She just danced, just kept moving. Then she started singing the songs of the 70s. She knew a lot of songs in the 70s, and she kept dancing. She sung songs of the 80s, and she kept dancing. She sung songs of the 90s, and she kept dancing. This happened about the year 2000. And when she got through singing all those decades of songs, some lights appeared, and some people came to save her. You know why? They had heard her singing. If she'd have just bundled up and got in a tent and chanced it, she'd have never made it to morning. But she got outside the tent and she started singing and dancing and magnifying the songs of the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And somebody over that next ridge, somebody over that next hill heard her singing and they followed the sound and they came and rescued her. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. No matter what you're feeling in your life, I hope you dance.
No matter what comes tomorrow, I hope you dance. No matter what problem hits you next week, I hope you dance. I really, really do. There's a young man that walked on the porch today and said, Pastor, thank you for God changing your subject on Sunday. He said, that message was for me. He said, I've been going through a lot, been going through a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. I'm telling you that God's got something for you here in this house. He's got something for you here in this house. And you listen to this pastor one last time. It's an old Bible study, and I'm going to tell it to you one more time. When you get down to nothing, God is still on your side, and God is still for you. And God plus nothing equals everything. God plus nothing equals everything. And everything minus God equals nothing. You've got God on your side. You've got God in your life. You've got God on your team. You've got God in your heart. Come on. It's time to live a spirited dance in the Lord. And when your mind forgets, let your body keep remembering. Just keep dancing. Just keep dancing. Just keep dancing. Just keep dancing. Come on. Just keep dancing. Just keep dancing. Just keep dancing. Just keep dancing. That's what it's all about. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.